The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. That guy is never wrong. It's amazing. It is the Employment Law Show. Welcome to it. Maybe a workplace problem, maybe something you've always wondered about uh, employment law and your employment rights. Maybe a buddy told you something, you're just not sure if it's true or not. Well, confirm your disbelief right here on this show over the next half hour. 416-870-6400. Lines are open for you to call in. Bring it on. No questions are too silly or too short or uh, too bizarre. And always you can reach out after the show to Lior and his uh, intrepid team. How do you do that? one 855 5900 and that website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca ultra expensive terminations it can cost you a lot of money we're going to go through some of those talking points over the next half hour in between your phone calls but we always start off with the case of the day pal what's going on with you well johnny always great to be here today of course being a special day it is Uh my friend john skulls's birthday so happy birthday johnny thanks buddy the old man's still here still kicking Loving still it. kicking. Ah, uh, come on. You're, you're in your prime still. You've been in your prime for a long time. You're staying in your prime. So uh, we're, uh, we're happy for you, man, and Thank wishing you, you a great year. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Well, we're here, though, uh, to celebrate with John, but also to talk about employment law and to, as we always do on the show, uh, resolve your workplace issues. Yeah, we can resolve your workplace issues on radio. We can do that right here live And it starts with you calling us and telling us what is the problem, what is the concern, how we can be of service. Whether you're dealing in a situation where you just lost your job, you're called into a meeting and you don't think they're treating you right with that termination, guess what? You're probably right. Well, ask the question. I'll tell you exactly what you need to know. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're concerned because that meeting coming up, you don't know what it's about and you want to know what to say if certain things happen. Well, I can tell you what to do. I can tell you what to say. If it has to do with your job, something you've always wondered, something that you're not sure your employer is doing quite right, why guess? Call us and I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what to do and where to go and and how to resolve that issue. And the next step after the show, always, always, if you want to connect with me and have a private chat and understand more about your situation and understand how to get uh, go about getting that issue done and resolved, We'll give you that contact information so you can reach out to me. So don't hesitate to do that. But right now we're live. Take advantage. And to start us off, let me tell you about the case of the day. So a call that I had earlier today with a gentleman. He had uh, been working for a large financial financial institution. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, his employer said to him that, well, we're, uh, we're going to be conducting an investigation. Uh, some of your uh, transactions that you've had we're not sure that you followed uh, our, our uh, corporate policies, that you did them properly. So we're going to conduct this uh, investigation. But in the interim, we're going to put you off on an unpaid suspension. And we'll let you know once that investigation is completed what we've concluded. <laughs> so obviously, he was unhappy. Fast forward about you know a week and a half or so. He hasn't heard back from them. No uh, information whatsoever. So he does the right thing and he calls me and he wants to know very simply, well, how long do I have to wait on this unpaid suspension? Here's the thing, John. An unpaid suspension is not legal. Your employer does not have a right to put you on an unpaid suspension. And here's here's why it also is ridiculous in this situation. An unpaid suspension is a disciplinary measure, right? An employer 
does that to discipline an employee, to punish an employee? Well, if they're investigating, they're investigating to determine if they should be punishing him. Right. So they're punishing him while they're, they're trying to decide if he should be punished. That's ridiculous. That's not how that works. So by putting him on an unpaid suspension, his employer has terminated his employment. That's a constructive dismissal. Very much like if you've been put on a temporary layoff. Your employer can't do that. The same thing with a uh, unpaid suspension. Your employer can get away with a paid suspension, not an unpaid suspension. So what I told this person is, you can wait. I have no idea how much longer you wait and, and do it that way. Or you can decide to say, no, that's it. You've terminated my employment by putting me on that unpaid suspension. Now you have to pay me my severance. He's decided he wants to do that. He doesn't want to wait. He's frankly quite upset at the whole situation. I'm going to get him a severance. But I wanted to remind everyone there with respect to unpaid suspensions, no, your employer doesn't have a right to do that. Again, reaching out to uh, Lior and his team anytime for those matters or any uh, many more, one 821 5900 But here and now, always encouraged to call. Join the show. John, thanks for hanging in and chiming in tonight. How are you, pal? Good. How are you? Excellent. What's on your mind? Yeah, so I was um, laid off uh, on Monday, actually, oh. and uh, I just wanted to see if my the severance that they have provided is, is acceptable, so... Okay, so how long did you work there for, John? Uh, 11 and a half years. Okay, and what kind of a job were you doing? Uh, I was a, an executive at the company. Okay, you're an executive, okay. And uh, how old are you, John? I'm 48 years old. So you're probably going to be looking at 14 to 15 months of, of severance. That's what severance would look like for you especially given the fact you're in a, in a senior role, an executive role. Uh, and that means, by the way, that they have to pay your salary for that period of time. They have to continue your benefits, any bonuses you would have expected to get, uh, pension contributions, et cetera, all components of your compensation. Uh, what did they offer you? Uh, one year. They offered me two different packages, a continuance for up to 15 months mm-hmm. or one year lump sum. Now, are they including all components of your compensation or just your salary? Yes, all components. So I was pretty, as far as I'm concerned, I was pretty happy with the um, the package. Um, but I, again, one year uh, with all bonuses, commissions, and uh, auto allowances uh, was included, and it, they took the last three years of my T four earnings. And then averaged it out and provided me that as my the basis of my one year package. Or you can take fifteen months of salary continuance. Yeah, but unfortunately, it, the con- condition though is is that if I do find employment at any point in time within the fifteen months, I I will lose the continuance and they will compensate me fifty yeah. percent right. of whatever the remaining balance yeah. is. Yeah. So generally speaking, a company can uh, do that. They can reduce the severance if you find another job. So you kind of always have to decide whether or not you want to take the sure thing, which is the 12 months, or whether uh, you think it's going to take you longer to find another job, in which case the 15 months makes sense. This sounds like one of those rare employers that actually maybe listens to the show <laughs> and has kind of <laughs> learned uh, that they have to provide proper severance. Because I can tell you, 90 plus percent of the time when someone with your stats calls me, he would have been offered six months or less. 
So the fact that they've offered what they offered sounds like a good package. And listen, if you want to dot your I's and, and, and cross your T's, I certainly think it's a good idea for us to have a chat off air. But just based on the information that you've provided to me right now uh, on air here, it does sound like it's a fair offer. That's great. Yeah, I have one other question, if you don't mind. Sure. If I was to get involved in your uh, with your firm, what is your turnaround time? Like, would it take three to six months to settle a claim like that? Or, or like, what would you generally say is a, is a time frame that a person would go through? So on average, these things will resolve within a few weeks. So two, three, okay. four weeks. Uh, and, and especially in a situation where, in your case, let's say we, you and I talked and we decided, you know what, there's still probably another month there or so that they owe you. Something like that would be very easy to resolve. I'd be shocked if it doesn't resolve in a couple of weeks. So no, it's measured in weeks, not in months. Excellent. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for the uh, the call, John. And again, to uh, just double check, as Lior says, dot I's and cross your T's, send it along a copy of that uh, that offer, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll take a short break and do like John did, get those answers, see how quick it works. It's a beauty. The Employment Law Show is coming up. Hang on. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. We're coming in there hard and we're loving the show. Got uh, got Bill on the line. Hey, Bill, how are you, pal? I'm just going to ask you a question. Can an employer, when hiring, ask for a standard IQ test? Uh. Yes, there's no law that would prevent that. So, yes, an employer can do that uh, if, if it chooses and if the employee agrees that there's nothing illegal about that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bill. Uh, have you ever come across that, Leor? I mean, uh, and would, would there be a point to it? And can here's the interesting question. I mean, it sounds kind of funny. What's your IQ? You don't want to know. Um, can <laughs> they use that against you to not hire you, though? Yeah, they, they can. Uh, in, in that, you know, the, the only time an employer can't use something against you for that something is discriminatory so they can't use your disability against you they can't use your age against you etc but they can have an iq this and and then it's not as common now but back you know maybe 20 plus years ago it was much more common to see these types of tests i don't know if it was like a uh, an iq test or aptitude test but there were certainly these tests that are designed to measure problem solving skills and some intelligence uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that per se, uh, and uh, it wouldn't infringe on any human rights laws. I don't think it's a common thing. I think it would be extremely rare to see that, and I think most employees right now would say, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not interested in doing that. I'll look for another job, yeah. but there's nothing illegal about it. Yeah, luckily it's not common. I never would have got a gig. <laughs> IQ test. Oh, Skulls, yeah, he can walk and chew gum, and that's about the limit of it. Uh, let's get to this one, the ultra-expensive terminations. You know, letting go an employee uh, is always going to cost a lot of money as far as severance is concerned. If there's one thing employers listen to this show, they have learned that, and uh, like our first caller, some of them have learned and done the right thing. But uh, in these situations, Lior, it's going to cost you even more. The first one here is if you let go of an employee who has a serious medical condition, if you even think you should be doing that. Yeah, so what we're talking about are situations where – you know how much severance usually is going to cost you? Well, this is going to cost you even more. And certainly if you're letting someone go that has a medical condition. Now, I'm not even talking about the fact that the termination itself may be illegal. You can't let someone go because they have a medical condition. Right. But even if the termination is legal, in other words, you shut down the department, you're letting everyone go, and it happens to have an employee 
the serious medical condition. Well, that employee is going to cost you a lot more to terminate by way of severance. And the reason for that is if that medical condition is going to make it harder for someone to get a job, to look for work, well, that's going to increase the severance. Mm-hmm. Remember, anything that's going to make it more difficult for someone to find a job means that person gets more severance. So if you have two people, one of them is in perfect health and, and everything is great, the other one has a serious medical condition, it's likely you can't really compare them. The one with the medical condition is going to have a harder time finding another another job. So that person is going to be owed more severance. So the rule really is this. If you're disabled, if you have a medical condition, if you're getting treatment and you lose your job, even if the termination itself is legal, you're going to be owed even more severance than usual. So it's extremely important to get legal advice because, you know, that 16-month severance that you would otherwise get could end up being 24 months yeah. if you have that medical condition. Another uh, another reason to make it a little more hefty on the severance end, if you let go of an employee that was recruited from another job, and this can go back years and years too, right? Absolutely. So generally speaking, what happens is this. If you are an employer and you recruit someone, they're not looking to leave. They're not knocking on your door. You recruit them. You go to them and approach them and convince them to leave. And then they come work for you. Things don't work out. You let them go. Well, that employee is going to be owed enhanced severance. They're going to be owed severance that recognizes the time with the previous company. So they're going to be owed a lot more severance than usual. So if that employee had 20 years with their previous company, you knocked on their door, you convinced them to leave, you recruited them from that 20-year company, they come work for you, and after a year, things don't work out, you let them go. You now potentially have a 21-year employee on your hands, and you have to pay that person severance for 21 years. So we're talking about ultra-expensive termination. That's a great example. It's a situation where you recruit someone from a job, a secure job, a job that they've had for a while, only to let them go after two or three years. If that's what you do, then yeah, you're going to be looking at a very expensive termination. Yeah, and another scenario for an expensive termination, and this one probably very, very common in the last couple of years, that's if you let go of an employee uh, when the economy's not doing too well. Well, obviously, for a lot of the last three years, economy hasn't done well. And, you know, there's a lot of talk now about going into a recession and maybe the economy is not going to do well uh, in the next little while. Well, that impacts severance. That drives severance upwards. And the reason for that, of course, is this. In a bad economy, it may be more difficult to find another job, just like I was saying before. There may be less jobs out there, more, uh, sorry, less employers hiring. So in a bad economy, in a situation where it's tougher to find another job, you get more severance. That's happened a lot during the pandemic, especially in the first, you know, year or so of the pandemic, when no one was hiring, right? So people that lost their jobs at that point were going to be owed more severance than usual, a lot more. And our courts have recognized that. So bottom line is this, for employees also to remember, if you lose your job during a recession, during tough economic times, the severance that you would have otherwise gotten is going to be even more now, more than that. Why? Because potentially it's going to take you longer to find another job. The ultra expensive severance package, this is how this is all formulated. And if you will uh, let go of an employee who works in, say, a specialized job or industry, possibly, it's going to cost more, yeah? Absolutely. So again, this goes back to the rule that I mentioned that the tougher it is to find another job, well, the, the more severance you get. So if the employee that you're letting go is in a specialized role or a specialized industry, 
that means there's just not a lot of opportunities out there. It's not a lot of jobs. You know, if, if someone has a very unique role that there's just not a lot of that type of a demand out there, that means they're going to take longer to find another job and more severance. You know, if you work in retail, for example, that's probably not a specialized role. Right. I don't know if you look at if you work in aviation. Well, again, there's not going to be a tons of company, a ton of companies looking for someone because there's just not too many companies in that business in that field. So the more specialized the role or the industry, the more unique that role is, the the harder it is to replace, and the more severance you get. And I'm talking about all these things here to remind people that it's not a straight line. I lost my job after two years, therefore I get this much severance. No, there's a lot of factors that go into deciding how much severance you're owed and the type of job that you have and the industry that you work for and the economy that, you, that you're in right now, that all can significantly increase the amount of severance that you're owed. Yeah, we're talking about enhanced packages, the ultra expensive severance, and a quick tip of the hat to John, our first caller, and he fit right into this one. That's if you let go of an employee who has many components to their compensation, like we said, a bonus, maybe a car allowance, stock options, all that stuff, all adds into it, right? Well, absolutely. It's if, if you're letting go someone that just has salary, well, then you only have to account for the salary during the or in this part of the severance package. Yeah. But if that employee doesn't just have salary, they have salary and bonuses, and commissions, and car allowance, and stock options, and pension. Well, the employer has to address all of those things and include all of those things as part of your severance. Remember, your severance is not just your salary. It's all components of your compensation. So if you want to know if you should be getting something, you simply ask yourself this. You ask yourself, would I have received this if I had continued working? And if the answer is, yes, I would have, then it has to be included as part of your severance. It's as simple as that. So it's going to be a lot more expensive to let someone go that has all these components to their compensation than if they just had salary. So employers have to keep that in mind. It's one thing to say, well, this employee has a $50,000 base salary. That's fine. But if they also have a bonus of 20000 and car allowance of $1,000 a month and stock options, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that adds up very quickly. And because you have to include all of that, yeah, you could be looking at an ultra expensive uh, termination. This next one too, it uh, you know, it kind of names one of the three main pillars of figuring out that severance, and that is you know the type of job, of course, how long you've worked there, and whether you're old or not, right? Absolutely. So age is a, a main factor. So an older employee is going to get more severance. Now keep in mind, you're not allowed to let an employee go because of their age. Age yeah. discrimination is a real thing, and it's completely illegal. So a person's age should not even form part of the analysis, part of the discussion. Couldn't even be considered. But assuming it's not part of the discussion, it just so happens that the person you're letting go is older, well, that person is going to get that much more severance. Right or wrong, our courts have said very clearly and very uh, often that we assume that someone that's older is going to have a harder time finding a job than someone that's younger. So that means that the older person, all things being equal, gets more severance. So if you're letting go one of your employees that's in their 60s or or even older, that person is going to get a significant amount of severance. They can get to that 24-month threshold very quickly, even if they haven't worked for you for 30 years. So an employer has to always remember that. And, uh, you know, you may decide that it becomes too, too expensive a termination. Maybe you don't let that person go. But remember, age is a real factor, and it could significantly, and I do mean significantly, 
drive up the cost of termination. Yeah, that's what we're talking about with these uh, these talking points, the ultra-expensive termination and severance package. It could be costly already, but these ones make it more so. And finally, this one that a lot of people may not realize, Lee, or our last one for the list, and that is if an employee that you're letting go lives in a, a remote location, not a city center, right? Absolutely. And this goes back to what I've been talking about, that it, it may be harder to find another job. And if it's harder, you get more severance. If you work in a may or live in a major city, uh, it may be easier to find another job. There's a lot of companies. There's a lot of opportunities. But you, if you live in a remote uh, location, maybe you're in a small town in northern Ontario, there just may not be as many opportunities around you. You'd have to travel very far. It's going to be hard to find another job. Well, that employee in northern Ontario is probably going to get more severance than the person living in Toronto. Why? Because the law assumes that that person in Toronto may have more opportunities to replace their job. There may be more yeah. available jobs and more possibilities than that person in a remote uh, town in northern Ontario. So something to keep in mind. You want to consider that. An employer can't forget about that. They have to understand and consider where does this person live? Where do they work? Are they going to be able to find another job? And if not, they have to account for that as part of their severance. Let's grab an email or two with the remaining uh, minutes of the show. Janet's up says, hey, guys, my employer let me go because they said I don't work fast enough. I've never had any complaints, though, before. Did they have the right to do this? So, yes, an employer can let her go uh, because the general rules, your employer can let you go pretty much for any reason as long as they pay severance. So can an employer let her go because they think she doesn't work too fast? Absolutely. But they have to pay her her full severance. That's not grounds for a termination for cause. It's not grounds to deprive her of severance. Severance still is going to have to be paid here. The only time they could use that as grounds to not pay severance is if essentially they show that she's doing it on purpose. She's kind of slacking off, not working hard when she should have. They talked to her, they warned her, and she's not doing it. Maybe only then could they let her go for cause. But if otherwise they're just not happy, they have to pay her full severance. And, of course, depending on how long she's been there, that could absolutely be two years' pay. We'll get Helen in here quickly. says, guys, my boss is always very rude and demeaning. He yells at me regularly and puts me down in front of other employees. I've talked to HR several times about this, and they keep saying that they will speak to him. So far, nothing's changed. I'm very stressed, and I'm losing sleep. How do I make this harassment stop? She has, of course, a right to be harassment-free all do. I want her to email HR again, reminding them that she's still dealing with this and that that she's expecting them to do something. If they still don't do that, despite that follow-up, let me deal with it. I can. I can get the company to either deal with it or I can get her out of there and get her severance. Either way, you should never have to just suffer with harassment. Put it in writing and if it doesn't work, call me. Great stuff, and we are done. Continue to email and call Lior outside the show, 1-855-821-5900. Don't hesitate to ever do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and that website. Remember it. Use it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.